The Joker, Chapter 3, Jack Napier, Day 6. I've been in the hospital six days now. I'm not sure why I'm here. Every time I ask about my family, Harlan avoids the question. I fear something has happened to them and Harlan won't tell me. Today she asked me to journal about the day before I blacked out. I remember sitting on the couch watching TV. Brooke and I had gotten to an argument earlier about one of her guy friends, Tyler, who always liked her Facebook pictures. I'm not the jealous type, but this guy had a lot of balls. I told her I wanted to confront him. She insisted I leave it alone. Why do you care, I questioned. He's just a friend. Now leave it alone. It's disrespectful, Brooke. You don't control me, Jack. And why are you going through my Facebook page? When you post pictures of our kids on Facebook, it's my business, you understand? Brooke glared at me with clenched teeth. Without saying a word, she gathered up the kids and left the house. I pulled up Tyler's Facebook page. His profile picture was a photo of him and his three daughters. His chocolate-colored hair was curly and his eyes were dark brown, framed by manicured brows. Tyler's skin was tan, and he had a prominent cheekbones and a well-defined chin and nose. Unlike me, his muscles seemed to ripple across every part of his body. He was in good shape. After Brooke and I got married, I put on a few pounds, but I held it well and she never complained. In Tyler's profile, it said he graduated from Indiana University, but I didn't remember him, and there was no information about his age or what year he graduated. I assume Brooke knew him from college before she and I reconnected in Finland. However, something about him looked familiar. As I read through Tyler's profile, I noticed he was a youth minister at a local church. His relationship status said married to Kimberly Richardson Ward. It was comforting to know he was married. Tyler had mission trip photos from all over the world posted on his wall. My birthday was that weekend, and I had planned on spending it with my boys until I got a call from Brooke's mother informing me that my wife and kids were staying with them for a few weeks. She said Brooke needed time to figure things out. What the hell did that mean, I thought. So I spent my 37th birthday alone, drunk, and I guess blacked out. That's all I remember before waking up in the hospital. It's frustrating that I can't remember anything. My panic attacks are increasing. I have two or three a day. The only thing that's keeping me calm right now is my journaling. Remembering my childhood is difficult, but I find comfort in it. Blurry are my memories. I fill in the gaps with versions I find appealing. It's like someone has given me a chance to relive my life. As a kid, I liked to draw when I was sad because it kept my mind off the bad things that were happening. My favorite things to create were comic book characters. Not heroes like Superman or Spider-Man, but rather the villains. They were more interesting. 
I even made up characters like American Badass, Badass for short, who was an anti-hero who did bad things to bad people, the ones who hurt children. At school, my art teacher told the class that there would be a Thanksgiving art contest. Everyone in the class would draw the turkey and color it in, and the student who received the most votes from the panel of teacher judging the contest would win a prize. They didn't say what the award would be, but we were all excited anyway. My drawing was unique compared to the others. I had developed a creative technique for coloring it in. I drew heavy with each crayon I used. The wax built up thick, creating a 3D effect. It even broke off into chunks, adding to the realism of the feathers. It was like a Jackson Pollock painting. I loved it. After we handed in our drawings, the panel of teachers studied the art that now covered the walls like one of those cartoon baby blankets they sell during the holidays. To keep the suspense up, they sent us home before choosing a winner. It was killing me. I didn't sleep that night. The next morning, while the announcements scratched across the classroom speaker, my friends made predictions about who they thought the winner would be. Now for the announcement you've all been waiting for. We have the name of the winner of the Thanksgiving art contest. All of you did a great job. They were all so wonderful. It was a hard choice to make, but the judges chose a winner. And the winner is... The kids began banging their hands against the desk to mimic the sound of a drum roll. Jack O'Malley! Me! I won the contest for the best drawing! All of my friends patted me on the back as the announcer told me to pick up my prize at the office after school. What could the prize be? Skates? A baseball glove? What? When I got to the principal's office, he handed me a cage with a live turkey inside. What the fuck was my expression? Gobble, gobble, gobble. Jack, this is your prize. Take it home with you. It's yours. Gobble, gobble, gobble. The cage looked like a spaceship piloted by a fat, feathery alien with a bright red gobbler dangling from his chin. I'm sure my jaw hung open. Why couldn't I have won something normal, like movie tickets or a gift certificate? With no help from my friends, I carried the turkey, clucking and gobbling all the way home. By the time I got to our townhome, my arms were hurting like I'd been doing push-ups all day. Rustling the kitchen door open, I put the cage inside. Then I set the cage down and took a few deep breaths. That was quite a workout. Sitting on the floor, I studied the beast in front of me. His brown and white feathers were majestic like body armor, and on his neck were a trail of red moles that led to two massive lumps that resembled a set of very unhealthy testicles. Figuring, figuring there was only one place for such a pet, I opened the basement door and dragged the cage down the stairs. Every step brought another scrape to my ankles. When we reached the basement, I noticed the turkey looking at me. I didn't move a muscle. His cocked head 
was to the side like he was thinking about something. As soon as we made eye contact, the exchange was over. That's when I decided that feeding my new friend might be a friendly thing to do. Not knowing what turkeys eat, I went upstairs and rummaged through the cupboards. Cornmeal should work, I said to myself. So downstairs I went to make the peace offering. I planned on watching my friend the rest of the day to figure out what a turkey does, but what I quickly discovered is that turkeys do little. So I headed upstairs to my room to read comic books. Shortly after I went to bed, I heard Grandpa Bob come home. I could tell by the sound of his zigzagging footsteps. Grandpa Bob would be so drunk he would stagger from one side of the hallway to the other, then prop himself up against the wall for a moment to stop the room from spinning. Then he would make his way to the other side and do the same thing. This whole thing would go on for a good 20 minutes until he found his bed. Grandpa Bob was not tall. His features were striking but not handsome. His hair was thin and black and brushed backwards from the temples. His facial skin skin seemed pulled back from his nose like someone was pulling it from behind. And there was something slightly odd about him too, but it was difficult to say what it was. Maybe it was his glass eye. When you talked to him for any length of time, your hands wanted to involuntarily grab it and align it with his good eye. That night I fell asleep thinking everything was okay until 6 o'clock in the morning when it sounded like a fire alarm went off. A loud cackle rang throughout the house. Gobble, gobble, gobble! Then another loud cackle. Gobble, gobble, gobble! Popping out of bed, I ran downstairs, meeting Grandpa Bob in the kitchen. Standing in white boxers, he glared at me with bloodshot eyes. Grandpa Bob flailed his arms in the air and yelled cuss words. In came my mother. She was not happy either. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble, gobble. I know it's close. When I find it, I'm going to wring its neck, Grandpa Bob shouted. When I saw him looking toward the basement, I panicked. Feeling my eyes pop right out of my head, I did the only thing I could think of. I stepped in front of the door. Pushing me aside, Grandpa Bob flung the door open and made his way down the steps. Gobble, gobble, gobble. The sound nearly ruptured my eardrums. What in the hell? Where in the? What in God's name? Grandpa yelled. My mother joined in his tirade as they tried to figure out why there was a turkey in the basement. Suddenly, my new friend was quiet. It was like someone hit the snooze button on an alarm clock. I ran down the steps to protect my prize. Please don't hurt my turkey, I screamed. This is your turkey? My mother asked. How in the world did you get a turkey? She stood with her arms crossed over her chest, blocking my view of the cage. I tried to see around her, but I knew to pay attention when she was mad. I answered, telling her about the art contest. She quickly interrupted, telling me, She had no interest in some made-up bullshit story. I kept saying it was true. I don't want to hear it, Jack. 
But mom, he's my friend. God damn it. I don't need this shit right now. You are nothing but a pain in my ass. She glared at me with her all too familiar look of resentment. A look that said, I wish you had never been born. I waited for her to tell me how I was holding her back. How she, could have, how she should have aborted me. How she should be a model in New York City. She said nothing. The disgusting look on her face said it all. Then she continued, This is the last time I will take one of your stray animals to the farm. The next time I will be taking you. I knew what that meant. Our friend was on his way to becoming someone's Thanksgiving dinner. I begged for his life. But no one was listening. It's not fair. He is my friend. He needs me, I cried. Quit whining. You know I hate when you do that, my mother replied. I knew I was powerless to stop what was about to happen. So I marched upstairs to my bedroom. I didn't even say goodbye to my friend. When I got to my room, I felt like a coward. That turkey liked me, and I didn't try to save him. I was sure he felt like I had abandoned him. Taking out a piece of paper, I started to draw. It didn't matter what it was. I just wanted to get far away.